Welcome to Jetro Pooman. I'm your host, Seamus Clancy. We are speaking under unfortunate circumstances here. As the Philadelphia Eagles have dropped to 1-2 and two, while the Detroit Lions are now 2-0-1, a team who I think fucking stinks. So what happened? The Eagles lost as I think the line went down to four and a half, which is a huge, huge, huge red flag given they started out at about seven and a half point favorites. I excuse my voice. I excuse my voice. I was at the game, as a lot of you know, I'm sure. I'm an Eagles season ticket holder. Fortunately and unfortunately, I am an Eagles season ticket holder. Uh, you know, it was up there at the top level of the link. Screaming my heart out for nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, did not go well. Did not go well. Did not go well in any respect. Oh, my God. It was noticed in 2014 when Chip Kelly left. Well, no, Chip Kelly was still here. Deshaun Jackson left. On account of Chip Kelly, I should say. Chip Chip Kelly didn't leave. He was still there. When Deshaun Jackson left in 2014, there was a clear, clear effect on this offense. And I think in the years since, we've understated how much Deshaun Jackson can truly bend a defense the way... Steph Curry's gravity at the three-point line can bend a defense in the NBA. I truly think Deshaun is similar to that. And without his game-breaking speed out there, without Alshon Jeffrey, and with a hobbled Dallas Goddard who dropped a sure, sure, sure touchdown earlier, Carson Wentz is dealing with you know, spare pieces out there. You can't absolve all the blame because those are guys he's working with practice with all week, but Mac Allen's had some drops. J.J. Ortega Whiteside dropped a game-saving catch at the, end of the, at the end of the regulation that would have set the Eagles up for a potentially touchdown or at least in field goal consideration after the Eagles went Turned it, turned it over uh, on their second to last possession. I started walking out of the stadium at the link just because sometimes I just can't take it anymore. I can't stand being in there knowing what the outcome is going to be. If the outcome is not in the Eagles' favor, I just can't be there. I can't be there. I get sick. I get sick to my stomach. I think back to 2013 in the playoffs. That was the, you know, 27-2 Nick Foles year. Chip Kelly's first year as head coach when he was still a god, a god figure in Philadelphia. They were playing the New Orleans Saints at home in the, the wild card round of the playoffs. And Darren Sproles, then a New Orleans Saint, had a long return on a kickoff, setting up the Saints for an easy, easy drive on their way to a game-winning field goal. And on that drive, you knew it was going to happen. It had Drew Brees. They had Darren Sproles. 
they were going to march their way down the field and kick a game-winning field goal, as they eventually did as the Eagles were eliminated from the playoffs. And that feeling of eternal dread and pessimism and just waiting for the worst thing to happen, a lot of that can stem from that game as well as all the previous Eagles failures in my life, whether it's you know the 2001, 2002, 2003 NFC Championship game, the 2004 Super Bowl, the 2008 NFC Championship game, any of these playoff, big playoff games in your life that you remember the Eagles losing. Again, I apologize for my voice. I can hear it now. I'm breaking. I sound like a fucking toad. But it's because I was screaming my heart out on third and fourth down, hoping the Eagles would force a sack. A sack, which they did not do. The Eagles defensive ends this year have zero sacks. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. They lost Chris Long. They lost Michael Bennett. They thought they would make up for that lack of edge pass rushing with a much, much stronger interior pass rush with Malik Jackson and the return of a healthy Tim Jernigan. And I agree that that could have been beneficial. But Malik Jackson, the veteran that he is, is now lost for the season with injury. And Tim Jernigan, who has been repeatedly, repeatedly injured in his Eagles career, is now out for the next two or so months. So the Eagles are thin on the defensive line, which once was in 2015, 16, and in the Super Bowl year, and even last year a little bit, the strength of the defense. That aspect of the team is gone. And over the last you know, half dozen years or so, the last hand, handful of years, there's been a movement in the analytical committee analytical community where we've eschewed sacks in the name of pressures and QB hits. And I can really understand that because when you look at it objectively and you're trying to think what stats are predictive for the future, if you're getting to the quarterback a lot, if you're pressuring the quarterback a lot, if you're hitting the quarterback a lot, that really bodes well for your future success of sacking the quarterback. But it became one of those things that we took a little, a little, a little too far where we only care about pressures and QB hits. And we undervalued the fact that tackling a quarterback for four or five-yard loss, six-yard loss, and a loss of downs is actually super integral to a defense functioning, specifically a Jim Schwartz-led defense where he really isn't blitzing. He's leaving it all up to his front four. He's having the rest of his defense hang back. And when that front four isn't getting pressure, now they might have gotten some pressures today. Matt Stafford rolled all around the place. Derek Barnett had some pressures. Derek Barnett, as my dad would say, had some Mike Mamula sacks, which are pressures that do not result in sacks. But there weren't sacks. And the Lions scored 27 points. I can't help but thinking... If some of the pressures that the Eagles defensive line had had actually turned into concrete sacks, they would not be one and two right now. They wouldn't. I don't know who to blame for this game. And sometimes it's not as simple as just blaming one person or one facet of the team. Because everyone let the team down today. Doug Peterson, a hero of mine, 
did not call the greatest game in his career. I can say that. The defensive line generated pressure, but didn't really do anything with that pressure. Because Matt Stafford still... I threw for 18, 18 completions and 32 attempts, 201 yards, a touchdown, 6.3 yards per attempt. That's not great, but he was sacked zero times, had zero interceptions. You got, you got to turn the ball over. You got to sack him. You got to do something. And then our guy, our guy, Carson Wentz, went 19 for 36, 259 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. It was sacked three times. Averaged 7.2 yards per attempt. Pretty good numbers. But again, given the way the game ended, people ignoring how the entire game went along will see that Carson Wentz had yet again Another loss in a monumental moment. Again, I apologize for my voice. My voice is shot. And I remind you that my voice is shot because of how much I love the Eagles and how much I was screaming for that defense to finally get a sack. Or for Matt Collins or J.J. Ortega Whiteside to come down with a, com- a key completion that they, all meant- that they ultimately did not do. I try to keep this podcast like the uh, the ideal is like 15 to 20 minutes. I don't even know if I'm going to make it that far. My voice is killing me. My girlfriend Ashley and I have ordered a milkshake from Not Just Pizza. They are not a sponsor of the podcast, nor my newsletter. They could be in the future, but they aren't right now. But whenever that order is ready, I'm going to go pick up that milkshake. I'm going to close my laptop. I'm going to watch some Bob's Burgers on Hulu and pretend I don't even know who the fuck the Philadelphia Eagles are. But for right now, I do know who they are, and they are a team who's not playing good football. And I don't really know where to put the blame. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's just sports. Sometimes there isn't really one person you could point the blame at. But when you're at a game, you're sitting there for four hours in the sun, and you're watching another disappointment after disappointment after disappointment on both sides of the ball. Sometimes it's just healthy to want to say, hey, you, insert name, position, group, coaching position. Fuck you. That game sucked. And some people are going to say it's Nelson Aguilar, who had eight catches for 50 yards and two touchdowns, which, going by the box score, great performance, but you saw key drops once again from Nelly after the horrific drop the end of last Sunday's game in Atlanta, which I'm sure Eagles will not forget. Eagles fans will not forget anytime soon. Aguilar also had a key fumble that stalled a progressing Eagles drive, as did Eagles rookie Miles Sanders out of Penn State, who, though he generated a lot of preseason and training camp hype and really seemed to have some juice compared to incumbent running backs, Corey Clement, Donald Pumphrey, Josh Adams, and newly acquired Jordan Howard. Miles really seemed to have that burst that the Eagles have really been lacking at running back since, really, the days of LaShawn McCoy in 2014. 
but as of right now, Miles is not that guy. Miles got 13 handoffs today, good for 4.1 yards. That's okay. He fumbled twice on the same drive. And kind of I respect Doug for keeping him on that drive after he fumbled once. He goes recovered. I respect that in saying, hey, we think you're the most talented running back on this team. We're really not that trustworthy when it comes to Jordan Matthews, nor are we with Darren Sproles carrying the ball at this stage in his career at 35, 36 years old. So go back in there. We love you. Take care of the ball. Get us a first down. And he tried to do that, but he fumbled the ball. And the Lions scored. And the Eagles lost. I'm left wondering if Miles Sanders didn't have those fumble issues, which were the biggest knock on him coming out of college, along with the fact that he didn't have a ton of reps in college, given that he was primarily early in his career. The great Saquon Barkley's backup, which is fine. Some players pay behind great players in college, and then when they finally get their chance to shine, they do well, as Sanders did. We're left wondering if maybe all we thought Miles Sanders would be in training camp isn't really who he is. Because I'm left wondering, I, I don't necessarily think he's that guy just yet. Just that, just yet, which sucks. Because if you're investing big-time resources in the running back position, you want immediate dividends there. You don't draft a running back in the first two rounds in the NFL draft and hope that he's a key contributor three years from now. You hope that he's Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and someone who's making a key, key difference for your team immediately. It's only been three games. But Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders is not him. Miles Sanders isn't that guy that's completely pivoting the way the Eagles run the ball and being that big of a factor in the passing game to nullify some of his shortcomings in the running game. I think a wide side has that big drop down in the game. Dallas Goddard, who I've frequently said on this podcast, is my guy and someone who I backed up frequently. Again, he's had some injuries. Taking back to the preseason, had a huge, huge, huge drop today for a touchdown. It could have changed the game. Matt Collins had a huge, 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 huge drop that could have changed the game. As did, again, Ortega Whiteside on the Eagles' last offensive play. I'm going to get a sip of water, you guys, so I can stop annoying with you how bad my voice is right now. I don't want to be doing this podcast. I'm doing this because I feel obligated to, and I think there are people out there who actually enjoy listening to this and can connect with it. And some people who need someone to process their feelings about the Eagles this season and this game into the spoken word form. Today sucked. Today sucked. I said the same thing after the Atlanta game last week. It's one of those things where the Eagles winning or losing on a Sunday can just make or break my entire week. 
because they lost on Sunday night. So obviously I was a miserable prick Monday morning. And, you know, I, I work a sedentary desk job. When I'm there, I'm able to kind of, while I'm doing my work, I'm able to kind of do whatever I want in terms of whether I'm listening to music or podcasts. If the Eagles are doing well and the Eagles are winning, there's nothing better. There's nothing that gets me through the workday more listening to the plethora of Eagles podcasts that are out there. But if the Eagles are coming off a big loss, the last thing in the fucking world I want to listen to is an Eagles podcast. So if you're actually listening to this, I truly, truly appreciate it because if I was in your shoes and the Eagles just lost this game, I sure as shit would not be listening to an Eagles podcast right now. So again, I do really appreciate the listens and I respect it. I'm sure you're someone who follows me on Twitter, twitter.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. You can also find me on my newsletter on Patreon, which I plugged a lot. I've had some success just a couple of weeks into the NFL season at patreon.com backslash, again, Seamus underscore Clancy. Two bucks a month. Get a fresh email to your news box every morning, Monday through Friday. You'll get one tomorrow morning. I will not be happy about it, but you will get one. Oh, my God. And they play Thursday. We don't even get... I don't know if it's good or bad that we don't have the full week to mourn this game. Part of me thinks it's good because if they win Thursday, I can just get really the fuck over this game immediately. But at the same time, I don't have the proper time to process this loss and then start forming my thoughts on what the potential game on Thursday night is going to turn into. Because this last week, obviously, again, the Eagles lost last Sunday in Atlanta. So Monday through Wednesday, I did not listen to a single, single thing about the Eagles when I'm at work. No Eagles podcast, no sports talk radio. Listen to some new albums on Spotify. New Lana Del Rey album, Bangs. The latest Harmony Woods singles, Slap. Listen to some podcasts on some comic book movie news. Very excited for the upcoming Moon Knight series on Disney+. Plus. But I don't even have the time to think about this this week because it'll be Monday and I'll still be thinking about today's loss, but I'll already have my head specifically pivoted to Green Bay, Wisconsin on Thursday night where the Eagles are going to have a really, really, really tough contest against the Green Bay Packers. And I don't know what their game is today. Let me look at the NFL schedule. They were 2-0 going to week three. I don't know what game they play, what time, whatever. I'm checking now to see what they're actually, what they're doing. So the Packers won again. So the Packers are 3-0 and 2-0 at home. The Eagles are 1-2, 0-1 on the road. And they're going into Green Bay. Obviously, one of the toughest places to play in in the entire NFL. Against Aaron Rodgers, who really is probably one of the, what, five most talented quarterbacks who's ever played football. You're Brady, you're Banning, you're Elway. Then Aaron Rodgers is right there. Sony can extend a play so that when the Eagles pass rush, or lack thereof, is beating down the offensive line, Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's going to extend plays, who's going to make Vinny Curry look silly as he's rolling around the pocket, and then somehow finds an open... Geronimo Allison down the field for 
26-yard gain that's going to have everyone in the Philadelphia area pulling their hair out of their fucking head. I am really not looking forward to Thursday. It'll be great on Thursday because, again, it takes me a few days to get out of, out of the funk of a loss. So Monday through Wednesday, I'm not going to really be listening to the Eagles podcast. Again, if you're listening to this, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. That's awesome that you support my work and you want to do that. But I'm not going to listen to shit tomorrow. I listen to all every Eagles podcast. You know, Go Birds, Winning Green Nation, whatever have you. No Huddle Show. I can't listen to that when the Eagles lose because it just makes me want to crawl out of my skin. It makes me want to like, it feels like I'm the sound of nails scratching on a chalkboard. They should have won in Atlanta. They should have won today. Good teams find a way to do that. Not so great teams find ways to lose those games, as the Eagles did. So I'm pissed. Everyone has Super Bowl expectations. It's true every year for the Eagles, but it felt especially pertinent this year. And we might not be getting there. Dallas is 3-0 already. They played a shit schedule. If the Eagles could have played Washington, then New York Giants and Dolphins, I'm sure the Eagles would be 3 0. We'd be talking about Carson Wentz as an MVP candidate. That's how things roll sometimes. And here we are, wondering if Carson Wentz is as that hack Joe Santquilla once said, three quarter Carson, and all that bullshit. Carson went to everything in his ability to put this team in a position to win today as he did in the second half of last Sunday's game. And the team just didn't do enough around him. They just didn't do enough. J.J. Arthega Whiteside, he's not ready for this. Matt Collins is a special teamer. Matt Collins said, you know, some guys put on, get put on the spot when they're in those press conferences or in the scrum in a locker room. But when I asked if he'd prefer to play offense or special teams... You know, I get this. I think he might have just trying to say that he's willing to do whatever is best for the team. And sometimes, obviously, players don't want to play special teams, even though there's more individual glory in offense. Matt Collins said he'd rather play special teams than offense. And I get that from a teamwork perspective. But at the same time, what I think is, Mac, you are the team's starting outside wide receiver this week. You are getting the majority of the targets. I hope you want to play fucking offense. I hope you, because you're a guy who didn't play the entirety of last year because you had this mysterious injury, which I'm like 95% sure was you getting into some crazy fucking bicycle accident last year and the team covered up because they didn't want to say that you did all this shit because you're kind of a weird guy. And I respect when the team has these weird esoteric eccentric guys on the team, but I respect a lot more when you're making big catches. I don't know. Today sucked. Today sucked. Tomorrow will suck too. They might be one and three and 72, 96 hours, 96 hours, 72, 96 hours. They might be one and three. And we're going to be saying, is this dream team part two? Is Carson Wentz not what we think? Is Doug Peterson not what we think? And God, I hope we do not get there. I hope, I hope we do not get there. 
I don't need the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I just need them to prolong the idea that they can win the Super Bowl as long as possible. I need them to have be in the playoff run until December. I need them to make the playoffs. I just need them to have – I just need to be, you know, December 16th or wherever it has it. We're playing Dallas at home in week 16 of the playoffs. I need that game to mean something. I need to play Dallas and have that game mean something. I need to have the next three months mean something to me in terms of what the Eagles are doing. Yes, I have so many things, other things going on in my life. There are so many more things important in the world than the Philadelphia Eagles. But at the same time, I can't help but think how every little thing could be a, a tad, tad bit easier if the Eagles are winning. <sighs> I think that's it for me today. Let me check the status of my milkshake. Order the cherry vanilla milkshake. I've never had one of those from here before. But I'm sure it's going to be amazing. My order is ready. So, guys, again, if it was a win, I'm sure I'd stay here a tad bit longer. But no one gives a shit after a loss. And I really just, I've said what I've said. I don't really know what more to say. Pass rush sucked. The run game sucked. The defensive back sucked. Ronald Darby, who was still very clearly left the game with an injury today, but still very clearly hampered by the torn ACL he suffered last year. Figure it out. Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. I hope by then Jalen Ramsey is a Philadelphia Eagle. I'm sure he'll be on a different team, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs, Seattle Seahawks, but I hope he's a Philadelphia Eagle. I'd trade everything short of two first-rounders for him. First-rounder, 2020, 2021 second-rounder, Sidney Jones, have, any, have your pick of any of the young guys. First, second, one of the young guys you want, have fun. Go meet up with Nick Foles. Enjoy the Florida weather while we enjoy a playoff run on the heels of Jalen Ramsey's defensive changing game. Again, to plug myself, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, at Seamus underscore Clancy. If you are not a subscriber to my Patreon newsletter, I highly suggest it. Get a newsletter Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from me, delivered straight into your news box. Just $2 per month for about 20 newsletters per month. Talking Eagles as Sixer season goes close, be more Sixers talk, and some pop culture talk, you know. New show starting on Netflix. There's a Philadelphia-centric show starting on Netflix next next Friday. There's a Joker movie coming from DC Comics. The following Friday, I'm sure I'll have a bit of notes about that in the newsletter. But other than that, that's all I got. I appreciate you guys listening. If you've gotten this far, thank you for following me on Twitter and the newsletter as well. We all we got. We all we need. Hope the next time we speak, late Thursday night, Probably around midnight my time. The Eagles are 2-2. Two and two. On the way to a potential playoff push. Have a good one, guys.